It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Shields and Yarnell. you on this Sunday morning. It is great to see you. Did you come up with the, is it news? You came up Sunday morning. Oh, Gwen Stefani. Yesterday. Yesterday. Without, Without any warning. Any warning. Megan, it's time to watch The Muppet Show. <laughs> it is. I'm pulling up the notes now. We watched The Muppet Show episode 403. Shields and Yarnell. I need your first opinions on this episode. First opinions, loved it. This was a weird one. I loved it. And it, it. Like, worked. It was right? right up my alley. And honestly... Your Kirstie Alley. My, it was right up my Kirstie Alley. And I loved it. And I made a Yarnell and... I mean, a Shield and Yarnell reference because I thought I'd be like clever and cool in mm-hmm. front of like an, an older person. And she goes... And the woman goes to me, you love that corny shit, don't you? And I was like, ew, I do. <laughs> you know, I just made a reference to Kirstie Alley and... The other night, you and I went to the Bell House to see Double Threat Live. And you're the one... You and I were talking about Kristen Johnston versus Kirstie Alley, right? Not Kristen Johnston. Um, Celia Hodes. Oh, Elizabeth Perkins. Elizabeth okay. Perkins versus Kirstie Alley. And how, like, you said they're kind of, like, similar. And I, I, I agreed with you, but said that Elizabeth-, Elizabeth Perkins could take a job from Kirstie Alley, but a Kirstie Alley couldn't take a job yeah, from like, Elizabeth Perkins. But... I don't know because it's like, okay, Miracle on 34th Street, the remake make in the 90s. Uh-huh. That was Elizabeth Perkins, right? Yeah, maybe that one could have easily been Kirstie Alley. Could especially have been at Alley. like the height of Kirstie Alley's. But I don't think Kirstie Alley Kirstie was ready is. to be cast. Oh, yeah, she was being cast as a mom. Luke was talking. Yeah. She's a mom a couple times over in that movie. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I used to love Look Who's Talking so much. Okay. When Roseanne is the voice of the baby. In the second one. In the second yeah. one. I think that's hilarious. It is hilarious. Her annoying ass voice as and that it, baby is it makes so you fucking wonder, like, funny. Why did they hire Bruce Willis as the little boy? Like, there's nothing really unique or funny about Bruce Willis's oh, voice. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, Roseanne, her voice is iconic. That cackle and everything. Oh, yeah. That's like casting Fran Drescher. Yes. With her voice. Yeah, you go for the for the voice. The voice. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. All right, Megan, we voice. have to start this episode. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I have to ask you. So uh-huh. I do think Elizabeth Perkins could win, though. Yeah. In any sort of acting fight, <clears throat> physical yeah. fight. Yeah, I think she could do physical comedy, too. And she could definitely physically fight someone. Elizabeth Perkins is actually, like, a really good actor. Because I, I'm, like, in... When she's a character, I fucking believe it fully. Mm-hmm. So I just watched Drop Dead Gorgeous the other day. Mm-hmm. Realized why it was canceled, and you can't oh, find it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's worse than... I mean, it was a, it's still a funny movie, but it's worse than I could have imagined. And also, wish that Christopher Guest did it. Because I think he would have yes. done a better job. Christopher Guest definitely has a different take on that. I think, yeah. He could have done a better a different job. Take. Yeah. I just realized why I thought we were talking about Kristen Johnston, and it's because Elizabeth Perkins and Kristen Johnston both played Wilma Flintstone in a live-action Flintstones movie. Yeah, so Elizabeth Perkins That's was crazy. the first Wilma? Yes. And Elizabeth... Kristen Johnston Kristen... plays the flashback in the sequel that's a prequel, Viva Rock Vegas. Is John Goodman in both Wilma. of them or no? No, 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 no. Okay. No. No. Robert Baratheon plays... Uh, Fred oh, Flintstone in the yeah, sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sequel prequel. 
That one wasn't. Is the Great Kazoo in that one? Yes. The yeah. only redeeming quality yeah. of it is Alan Cummings plays the yeah. Great Kazoo, which is another phenomenal casting. He is phenomenal, Alan Cummings. Megan. Douglas. We have to get this started. Okay, let's get it started. Why don't you get me started? That hair on. Is that Yarnell? The woman is Yarnell? Yes. <clears throat> I love that hair. And I don't know why. She looks like olive oil. She do, I thought she looked like Shelly Duvall. So no. there's another one-to-one. No, one-to-one. Like, when she's doing like, I'm I'm going to do a face at you. And I need you to know that I'm, I love Shelly Duvall. And there's no disrespect here. But like this, when it's just all teeth, I'm like, that's Shelly Duvall. You have to buy the premium version of this podcast to see how I make this face. <laughs> so cold open scooter encounter shields and Yarnell acting like robots in their dressing room. So this is their, it sets it up, like, this is their shtick. Yeah. They're not, like, the mimes. They're not quite hip-hop mimes. Yeah. And they're not quite... They're not white face. They're not... Black, you know... <laughs> what, what is it? Munchenchausen. Munchenchausen's? <laughs> they're not Munchenchausen's. Munchausen's by proxy <laughs> style mimes. They're not that type of mime. They're not the mime in, um... 1989 Joe, uh, Beetlejuice. I mean, <laughs> Batman. Oh, my God. Beetlejuice, yeah. Batman, Joker. Yeah, they're not wearing, like, a little beret and black and white striped shirts. So I bought myself a beret. But, like, for serious. But I <laughs> put it on in my, my office, and I'm, like, dancing around my office with it, and I can't wear it. Do you, like, out, walk seriously? out of your office into the streets and then no. throw it up in the air? I ever? wish. Did I honestly just really, really, really want to reenact the scene in The Joker. Why do I keep calling it The Joker? In Batman 1989, mm-hmm. when the Joker goes into the museum and splashes mm-hmm. the paint and, like, makes it, you know, prettier. Mm-hmm. I-, I love that scene. Makes it prettier. Yeah. I really feel that. That was, like, me writing on my walls as a kid. <laughs> oh, no. Megan, you were a little Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> and then famously was abducted by the Joker in um, <laughs> it, Six Flags. Yeah. <laughs> in Six Flags Three Adventure because my parents are hilarious. I always wanted Thanks, to Thanks, Mom and that. Dad. <laughs> I always wanted to be a part of the stunt show. I always thought it would be so fun. But I think in practice, it would be a nightmare for me. I oh, would not want to do it. Oh, it's fun until you have nightmares for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Megan doesn't have flashbacks to the war. She has flashbacks <laughs> to being abducted by the Joker. All right. <laughs> for the opening number, Green Birds sing Take a Chance on Me while bouncing on telephone pole wires. Okay, now we're getting it. This is like moments why I love the Muppets. Very excited to hear like a contemporary hit. ABBA fits perfectly with these like funky guys. But how they bounce on the wire yeah. goes to like the pulling of the strings. And I watched The Labyrinth uh, over the weekend. And then did you say, wow, there's really no plot to this movie oh, at there's all? There's no plot to that movie. But, but Jennifer Connelly is... The chilly down dance reminded me of this when she meets those guys in the woods that look like they're on fire. And do you mean like the that. part of the movie that makes literally no it sense no to sense. the rest of the movie? Yet is nightmare inducing for some yeah. reason. I don't but know. Yeah, why it reminded me of like this looks like a, a take one of that technique. I thought it was really neat to see this, especially after having just watched the labyrinth again. Okay, you know, like though. So I watched. I know I'm jumping now. <clears throat> You're speaking of labyrinth. I'm, th- I'm thinking Jennifer Connelly all the way. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows me has listened to this podcast knows that I am a major fan of Jennifer Connelly. Uh-huh. Made me a lesbian. Whatever. So I watched. Um, yeah, by gunpoint, right? <laughs> by, I wish. 
if fucking only. Anyway, I watched, um, because I watched The Faculty not too long ago, and then I decided to watch, like, The Faculty... Because there's always, like, parallel movies that come out around yes. the same time, right? So the other faculty movie was dis- was Disturbing Behavior. With uh-huh. That was a high school movie, too? Disturbing Behavior? I've never seen either of them. I don't know. But I do understand you're saying the one-to-one of, like, Dante's Inferno versus uh, Volcano. Like, these movies that somehow we were making the same movie twice. Yeah, but why do I think... Oh, no, Jordana apart. Brewster was in The Faculty. Uh-huh. And is Jennifer Connelly and Jordana Brewster in a movie together? Are they in both in Fast and the Furious? I don't think Jennifer Connelly's in the Fast and the Furious franchise. No, she was in the Top Gun movie. She was in Top Gun 2. She was Maverick. in Top Gun 2 Maverick. Okay. All right, I'm going nowhere with this besides uh, J- Jordana Brewster is still a babe. And she was in that movie Debs. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> I That's love that. That's another one of those lesbian movies, right? Oh my That's god, like she a, plays like the villain in it, and I'm just movie. like, oh yeah, totally unlocked. <laughs> but I was unlocked at that point. I was like, woo woo woo, renting this movie from Hollywood Video again. <laughs> Your card gets swiped, and they're like, "Ma'am, we can't rent this." To yeah, you anymore. my parents are already out of me at that point, so I'm like, they they know I'm they know why I'm getting this movie. Anyway, I'm jumping all over the place. We got these stringaling ding dongs singing ABBA in the clouds. And then uh, our next segment, we move backstage. Fozzie shows Kermit some the some of the mime trips. A mime trip. Backstage, Fozzie shows Kermit some of the mime. Pratt falls. Scat falls. I'm gonna try this one last time. Yep, do Ready? it. You got it. Backstage, Fozzie shows Kermit some of the mime tricks he's been practicing. Kermit advises him to be more original. I thought this was funny. Uh, his like doing bear on the stairs, bear on the escalator, whatever. <laughs> this is so stupid. Oh, watch this, okay? Tell me what it is. Bear walking upstairs. Right. Um, watch this, okay? But I like. I kept getting really excited because I thought his taking mime lessons from Shields and Yarnell was going to yield. Him dressed as what we would typically think a mime was at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Hearing the uh, the synopsis and whatnot. Yeah. I'm like, I cannot wait for him to come out presented in like the mime face with the beret. And, you know. So Shields and Yarnell are really like shaking up the Muppets group backstage. Yes. Their style is is reverberating. Yes. It definitely is. Through the whole cast. And yeah. I, know, I don't know if we're up to Gonzo yet, but oh boy, really affects Gonzo. Gonzo's bit in like two more segments is so fucking funny and that he's so bizarre that he breaks them from their shtick even oh yeah is so funny to me so now wait how does shields and you're now they're not related in any way i'm sure um let's actually take a look at that you're right that's a good they have eyes that are i don't know if it's the eye makeup but their eyes were so similar a little siblingy they look siblingy even though shields and and yarnella they were a husband and wife mime and dance act Yarnell passed in 2010, but uh, Robert Shields and Lorreen Mar- Yarnell. Uh, they were married from 1972 to 1986. They hosted their own variety series on CBS from 77 to 78. So how did they meet? They could both move their bodies like that, and they were like, wow. Shields received his mime and performance art training in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. He formed a jewelry design company in Arizona after divorcing Yarnell, which I told you I wow, went to the store yeah. of. In a very odd turn of things. Yarnell was the trained dancer and variety artist. Post-divorce from Shields, 
She later lived in Norway and taught dance. Yarnell also performed the movements of Dot Matrix in the fucking movie Spaceballs mm-hmm. that Joan Rivers voiced. That's amazing. Dot Matrix is funny as fuck. Oh, yeah. Too. Dot Matrix is great. Nobody knows what a Dot Matrix is anymore, though. Oh, my it's God. It's a type of printer, by the that way. That is so goddamn funny that she, like, is... Because we're about to get to the reason why she plays Dot Matrix, right? Shields and Yarnell do one of their trademark mime acts, a robot couple, the Clinkers, eating breakfast. This was good. So this robot bit is absolute... Like, they were really really good and funny. I couldn't believe it. I think like Shields was very funny, but I think Yarnell stole the whole thing. When she picks up that cereal box and goes to pour the cereal and throws and it down. Thrusts it like off the screen. I thought Yarnell oh was very very good. Yeah, I really think she stole this scene for me. And then she does the same with the milk and it's just like it's so violent and like he's pouring the cereal almost on his shoulder. But she's mashing it into her face. Like, just into her... I love the way they did their makeup, how they made them look like plastic. Yeah, I... I love that. When Shields enters the scene, I'm like, oh my god, he really looks like a wax figure. Or like, you know, when you go to one of those wax museums mm-hmm. and they show like the, you know, whatever. They did... With the costuming and the makeup, they were terrific. And their their movement was amazing. And it's just subtle stuff, too. Like, it's not like... I guess the way he like... He has his hair like down and everything. Mm-hmm. It looks so like Slicked sheened back. and shiny. It's like. Very Gomez Adams. Yeah. I thought he almost looked like a white version of Prince at points. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't know if it was the line thin eyebrows and mustache and everything. And the eyeliner with the, yeah, the shape of the eyes. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of Prince. This bit, I think, is one of my favorite. I mean, we're only on the third episode this season, but like, I think this is one of my favorite bits so far of this season. We're only on the third episode this season? Yeah. Yeah, season four, episode three. We're on season four? Yeah. <laughs> We're on season four. We're almost done, Megan. Okay. I don't know why I got so confused. This is only the third episode of season four. Yes. Season four is good. It's very good. This is like so far, I mean, no spoilers for next week, but next week's episode was good too. Yeah. Like we haven't season, really had these done. Season four is, they're they're doing a good job. People are finally getting who the Muppets are while they really are. Jim and Frank are getting bored of playing the characters I, behind right? the scenes. It's like finally figured out and it's also like growing stale, I guess, in a for way. For them, not for the public. So Fozzie shows Floyd his new idea for a mime act. Hey, feeding man. spaghetti. I love Floyd. Feeding spaghetti to an elephant. According to Floyd, the brain of the bear has gone bye-bye. I thought this was really, really funny. That uh, Floyd was like, oh, man, yeah, I knew a guy who, who died feeding spaghetti to an elephant. Oh, and my God. Fozzie's like, oh, he, like, mimed it? And he's like, no, he did it for real. <laughs> Elephants don't like sp- Italian food yeah. or whatever. So stupid. Next, we move backstage where Gonzo enters the dressing room of Shields and Yarnell oh for God. new act suggestions. Shields mimes playing the piano, which Gonzo interprets as massaging a snake. I this. love that they talk a little, too. They don't talk a lot, but no. they'll, like, talk a little, and I love that. Yeah. When, like, they do this whole bit, and then he goes, oh, my God, that's it. Thank you. You're geniuses. It's massaging a snake. Oh, massage a snake. And then he, like, runs out, and they're like, massage a snake? snake? Like, they could not believe. They were like, yeah. What he interpreted there. Okay. So did you notice now, watching this, it faded to black afterwards? Mm-mm. For our UK spot, 
Kwango on a building singing It's Lonely at the Top. This segment, I feel like this is Can one I of those UK of spots. This is like the King Kong kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is a UK spot that's going to come back as a, ma- a regular segment. It should. Remember when that happened in the past with like the Billy Joel? I think they did New York State of yeah. Mind and then they played Ralph. it regular. I really feel like this was so cleverly done. Kwango's climbing well, like the Empire State Building, and if you look in the building, you can see Muppets performing as well. Yeah. So it was very intricate, a lot of green screen work. I liked it. It reminded me of Wreck-It Ralph, and I would thought... Yeah. And I know Wreck-It, like that whole scene from Wreck-It Ralph has to do with um, King Kong and all mm. of that, but like this felt like Wreck-It Ralph in a yeah. way to me. Yeah. You ever played those games, the Rampage video games? No. Nah. They're kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, King Kong. It's, um, you play as, like, this horrible, huge beast. Yeah. And your whole point is you're the bad guy, and you have to destroy the city before the, like, civilians shoot you down with, like, oh, airplanes. I like and, that. Like, lasers and I have to try that. Stuff. It's very fun. It's an old, weird arcade game that they've remade a couple times. I probably have it on ways. my retro pie. Without a doubt, you probably have a couple different versions yeah, for- of it, even. Wait, question, though, about mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph. Have you ever seen the sequel? No, I have not. Me neither. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, I want to... I, I mean, I, I, like, there's a part of me that wants to see it and a part of me that doesn't. I loved the first one. I really did. I thought it was so cleverly done. And I loved the first It was one. really cool to see, like, in that Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of vein, the studios work together that Sonic and Mario characters and Street Fighter mm-hmm. characters could all be in the world together. Mm-hmm. was really neat. I liked it, too. But I feel like the, the internet thing just felt like a very thin flimsy premise and it was like well the first one was successful so make a second one really quick yeah but i thought the second one was more toward like for the uh sarah silverman character and the wreck it ralph character to like team up Mm -hmm. i don't know but like they go into the internet somehow and they do something with like going on ebay I don't know. Like, the whole thing, it just is so weird. I wonder at what point I'll be bored enough to watch that. I know. <laughs> it just felt like when we were kids in the 90s, and they would do, like, the directed video sequel, yeah. like, Jaff- you know, Return oh, yeah. of Jafar, or that, like, weird... Straight to video. Yeah, like, the weird... There's, like, just a Mulan Just for you sequel. kids. Yeah. There's, a like, three... There's, like, Pocahontas sequels. There's all these weird-ass sequels that, like, don't really make sense. Is there a Sword in the Stone sequel? No. Good. Thank God. That movie's perfect. It's perfect. It's like 45 minutes. No, that movie's long. It's, is it? I think that movie's long. I swear that it's very like unusually short. You look that up while I get to this next bit. Shields and Yarnell and Beauregard do a Wild West sketch. This really surprised me that we're letting Beauregard like, just kind of partake in the show. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't mind him. Usually I mind him as a character, but I didn't mind him in this at all. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of his same old, like, ooh, woo. Oh, it's an hour and 19 minutes. Okay, so, so it's Hour 19. Like, so a bit longer than I had projected. But I, there's that whole part where, like, there's this, like, really weird part in um, Sword in the Stone where, like, they're, like, learning. He's, like, teaching him how to be a wizard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fun. Those movies are all kind of segmented a little oddly. Like, um, it reminds me... Mim. It reminds me a little bit of Cinderella in that vein, too, because there is a whole part of that movie where they're just squirrels that are kind of doing like a weird Looney Tunes mm-hmm. bit where they're chasing each other. It's like kind of a Pepe Le Pew storyline that happens for like a couple minutes in there. Yeah. Like how when you watch Cinderella and all of a sudden there's a Tom and Jerry cartoon basically in the yeah. middle of it uh, with Gus Gus and oh, it's a Gus like Gus. running around, I'm you sorry, know, and I being love chased Gus by Lucifer, Gus you know? picking up those little corns. Uh-huh. And Jacques, right? Jacques. That's the little red yeah. one. 
Yeah, like there's it's fully just a Tom and Jerry cartoon. So cute. You know? Just a baby. That's how I talk to my cats. Um, Megan, I text you while I was watching this episode because the Snurfs dance to Little Brown Jug, and I'm like, I cannot wait to hear what Megan thinks of these phallic little dudes yeah. that go up and down, up and, and they down. have little green balls on their I, I literally was just like, wow. These are just little weird dancing dicks. They're dancing dicks. It's bizarre. I was kind of like, who reviewed this? It was like, yeah, do Good it. Good thing things didn't squirt out the top of them. That would be... <laughs> Like if confetti or something like popped out, that would just be like too funny. Oh, oh a cloud of smoke, a puff. Just like a little puff of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> After it fully extends, puff yeah. of smoke shrink down. Oh my down. god. Oh my god. So Fozzie's new idea for mime acts include Bear watching a tennis match between two turtles and Bear going to drive in movie with Porcupine. The bears. Kermit advises him against doing those, but Fozzie misinterprets it as a compliment. I'm like, I, I I did think that the the watching two turtles play tennis was like funny, and then I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense because the ball would still be moving quickly, wouldn't it? Or it would just like kind of hit and then fall. How big are these turtles? How big are these turtles? There's they, a lot of variety of turtles. Are they mutant ninja turtles? Are they mutant ninja turtles? Are they a tortoise? Are they a sea turtle? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking? Fuzzy, we need to be a more box specific. Turtle, a snappy turtle. What's up? Do they eat pizza? Does one have nunchucks? Yeah. Does one have? <laughs> so now we finally get to Fozzie's mime act, which bombs as Statler and Waldorf throw him off guard. Um, this is really funny. I love, I, I feel like we haven't had a Fozzie segment where Statler and Waldorf can heckle him into disgrace in a I while. Think Statler and Waldorf, too, are like becoming funnier, too. Like, they I don't are. know. They are. When they, the birds on the wire bit in the beginning of this episode we like i don't know why there's no note about it but exactly. like exactly they had a they, comment right they had a comment and it was like oh I, I hate when they do these wire sketches or something like that and they're like why are they doing this yeah, and wh- why is this still why are this whatever <laughs> like they oh made a pun God. on the word wire and i'm like wow that was actually pretty clever that was funny that's what you call a wire act on this show everything's a wire act no sure you keep asking why are they doing that? <laughs> so in a circus setting, Shields and Yarnell and the Muppets perform Make Them Laugh. This was good. Like, this is another, like, weird example of, like, the two of them moving their bodies in such unnatural ways. I don't like mimes, but I like Shields and Yarnell. Yeah, I, I almost, I guess, ooh, I guess it's considered mime, pantomime, yeah. mime, whatever. What's the difference between pantomime and mime? Is it? I think it's just a, like a, um, uh, like a slang a slang like oh. a breakdown what but am I, I can't get the word out they were really good i just really liked them a lot and they didn't feel like mime to me pantomime a dramatic entertainment originating in roman mime in which performers express meaning through gestures accompanied by music a british entertainment mainly for children that involves music typical jokes topical jokes sorry and slapstick comedy and is based on a fairy tale or nursery story, usually produced around Christmas. That's interesting. Meanwhile, like all the best mimes are in France. Yeah, right. Like mime is a is an art that feels 
French Feels and is French usually day. presented French too. Oh, fully with the you know, and and maybe it's just because of Batman nineteen eighty nine with the beret situation. But like when you say a mime stereotype, no, the mime cartoons. stereotype is a French stereotype yes. with white f- like face paint, right? Yes. Like that's the only difference. Yes. Can you look up French mime? See if it comes up as something different. When I Google French mime, it's literally what we thought. Like, that's it. Actually, if I can get a pair of red suspenders and a shirt like that, maybe I'll be a mime for Halloween. Uh, I forgot. Mimes always have that eye. Like, oh, yeah. eye makeup. This, like, straight Ooh. line up above their eye, which is, like, yes. another weird classic. Like, it's like a starburst, right? Yep. That's what that would be, like, the... But it reminds Again, me this of, is all really good mime work for an audio podcast. It reminds me podcast. of playing cards for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Like the Joker on a playing card. But it's, it's funny. Yes, exactly. And you know what? Those play, the, the playing cards that we know of today are French playing cards. Really? Yeah. Wow, this is a French-ass episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh la la. Even though oui. Piggy tries to speak French in the next episode. Oh, my God. I love when Piggy Voulez-vous. speaks her fucking French. Ah-ha. Imagine if they did that ABBA song instead of Take a Chance on Me. Wait, did they do Take a Chance on Me? I forget. They did Take a Chance in this episode. I love that song. Take a Chance. Take a Chance. That song always reminds me of Malcolm in the Middle. (laughs) There's, oh no, that's not it. Why does that remind me of Malcolm in the Middle? They do Fernando on Malcolm in the Middle. No, they do Fernando With B. Arthur. Oh, they do? They do. You know they do Fernando on that 70s show. Really? Yeah. B. Arthur and Dewey dance to Fernando. B. Arthur plays their nanny or like a babysitter in like an episode, maybe in early season one or two. What a good show. I've watched reruns of that lately. We have like the Sling app and it plays like basically 24-5 on Fuse. Does it hold up? Yes. It really does. You know what show I've been watching? What? I'm sure you know this already. The Nanny. Oh. From the beginning. And that holds up, it. right? Oh my God, does it fucking hold up? I'm sorry, but Fran Drescher, mm-hmm. I, I know I've said this, we don't deserve her. Yeah. We didn't deserve her. No. What a fucking phenomenal human being. I don't know how we let that fall. Like, how did we, why did we she drop her? She taught the world, she taught the United States Yiddish. She took it from yeah. the New York situation wow. to the full country. I don't even really think I thought of that before. How, like, her whole sensibility and everything is very northeast, especially like our tri-state area. Yeah, very tri-state. And that was a, a cultural hit everywhere. Everywhere. Like people in Kansas, in theory, were watching The Nanny and like seeing what we would see outside our people door. People in Australia right? were like, watching The Nanny. That's wild. Yeah, like some people like experienced New York City Jews the first firsthand by just watching The Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> but what a gift to the world. What a gift. Um, she, the w- last episode I watched, it was about, I think the older s- daughter is called Maggie, mm-hmm. right? She takes, she has to like supervise her on a date. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wish I could remember this fucking Yiddish word, but it means like the third wheel. It's oh, like, okay. oh my God. Uh, an, oh, it's such a good word. It's such a good word. It's probably like episode four. No, 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 no. Like yeah, I googled Yiddish for third wheel, and it's like it's a it's a saying here. I'll I'll just look it up. The nanny episode. We're gonna say four is probably what I'm at. Yep, it was episode four. Oh, and you know who else was in this episode? This fucking guy. James Marsden was yeah. the boyfriend in that episode. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Oh yeah, the nook schlep. <laughs> 
The Nook Schlep? Yeah. I love that. That's the name of the episode. Because like, okay, so I don't know what Nook, the root of Nook is, but to say Schlep means to be like carried along, right? Like to, you know. Oh my God. That's very funny. Nook Schlep. And the fact that like she was able to take Oh my God, Nook. Like Nook. Like Nookie, maybe like, you know, like that all like the- all for the Nookie. The Nookie. I didn't want to take that cookie and stick it up your. I didn't want to go to the Limp Biscuit concert. I was the Nook Schlep. I was the exactly. (laughs) I literally love that. So at closing, Shields and Yarnell thank Fozzie for letting them do this feeding spaghetti to an elephant routine. (laughs) All in all, this was a pretty good episode, Megan. Um, did you notice? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm still on the Nook Schlep. (laughs) They go into the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Fran is like asking this older couple, like, "Can you move over or whatever?" She's and they're like, "There's only two of you." And then Fran's like, "Oh, well, her date is coming." And then she looks at her and she goes, "Oh, we got to move over for the nuchlap." It was so <laughs> fucking. Good. I love that. So they said it like derogatory to her. Well, like, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's like, but it was it was fucking That's hilarious. Ugh. Anyway, we can get back so, to the Muppets. Did you notice in this episode during the Make Them Laugh number, Hilda? Makes a rare post-season one appearance in the background. Hilda, our old friend, the costume designer. Oh, I won't. Yeah, I can't show. There's no picture of it. Oh, I'll have to look. She made an appearance in the background. Because they totally disassembled the fucking Gladys character. Yeah, totally disassembled. They didn't keep her. Hilda was there. She just kind of nodded along to them singing Make Him Laugh. But it was really nice to see her. You know what? Maybe she was looking onto her costumes that she made. Yeah. She's retired, she's retired, but she's a mime fan. Yeah, so they and you brought know what? her back. She, they invite her back every once in a while, like when she's in New York, like they do the SNL people. Yeah, she her kids wanted to You're go. You're in town. Come her, for the last. Her granddaughter act. was singing at Carnegie Hall, yeah. so they wanted to come by and take a look at what was going on with the Muppets <laughs> that night. It's like when you see a guest writer on the on SNL or a, uh, you know, someone shows up to the after party. She was working in a bridal shop and flow. She, sorry. <laughs> so next week we're going to be watching the. Diane Cannon episode of The Muppet Show. Diane, I've never seen a name, this Diane name spell, spelled so interestingly. It's Ryan with a, with a D, basically. Diane. Diane. Diane Cannon. Diane. So, Diane. as Miss Picky prepares for her act, she leaves her dog, Fufu, in the care of Floyd. Piggy tells <laughs> Floyd that he... Stop laughing at me. Piggy tells Floyd that he has a spoon-fed and floss... That he has to spoon feed and floss the pampered Fufu. So Floyd locks the dog in a drawer. Frantic, Miss Piggy searches everywhere for Fufu. Poor Piggy. This I love the idea that we're doing like a, a, a Piggy heavy episode. And I'm excited to meet Fufu for the first time. Because Fufu, of course, goes on to, you know, be Miss Piggy's dog whenever they care to remind us that Miss Piggy has a dog. Really? Yeah, she was even in like the Muppets Now series that just aired maybe two or three years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. All right. Message so, us. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrapping us up earlier, but um. So yeah, you can uh please be sure to watch the Diane Cannon episode of the Muppet Show along with us next week. Um, follow along with us at ITTWTM. <laughs> Message, message us. us and um <laughs> until next week thanks for the gumball yarnell just when you think this show is
terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>